Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 58. It's now been 20 weeks, three days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today is a nice, warm, hot day in Southern California, so I'm not on my mountain. I'm actually down in the shade of my local park. But because it's summertime and the kids are out, there's a lot of things going on. So you might be hearing a little bit of traffic or there's actually like a soccer camp, so the kids are yelling and it's an exciting, fun time down here at the park. I've also got some gardeners coming through now and again with the lawnmower, so I'm gonna try to talk around that as best I can. But as you know from listening to Alan Standish and from me, we're working on our perfectionism. So the sound today will be how it is. And it's a really cool day today. There's a lot of things that I wanna talk about. There's been a lot of comments and inputs from you, the brave companions. So today, when we come back from listening to Josh Woodward's I'm Letting Go, we're going to welcome new companions. We are going to have updates on new companions. We're here from Crystal. The, one of the first brave companions to ever encourage me and I'm going to tell you my thoughts on insomnia and how it impacts intuitive eating. Comments by Michelle Mack and others on my money episode day 57. So please stay tuned as we let ourselves go and figure out what should we let go of today by listening to Josh Woodward's I'm Letting Go. companions when you were listening to Josh saying I'm letting go did something come to your mind what came to my mind is that I need to let go of getting weighed on the scale but I don't think I'm ready to do that just yet I don't know why because since I'm trying to practice intuitive eating let's say the scale went up a few pounds which it may very well do what am I actually going to do about it According to intuitive eating, you don't do anything different about it. You continue on trying to eat in, in harmony with your natural body's hunger, and you see what happens. So, in a way, it's kind of weird. It's like, if it goes down, I might feel really good about myself, and if it goes up, then I might get all worried. And in the past, I might say, uh-oh, time to count calories or to up my exercise or do something like that in order to make my physical body weight drop. And now I'm trying to let that go. And I have been doing a really good job the last several weeks. I've been talking about intuitive eating with letting it go, but I still get weight almost every single morning because I seem to not be able to drop that habit as yet. I'm hoping that that habit will disappear as I learn to trust my body more and learn to trust myself more. So I'm coming clean with you. I still get weighed. And probably one reason it came to mind is, remember I've been between 207 and 208. One day I even dropped down to 206 point something. But this morning 
I was at 209, okay, 209. And in some ways that didn't really bother me because I expected it from the amount of food that's just basically in my body from yesterday. And I'll talk more about that when we go on to insomnia and intuitive eating. But it's like, why the heck did I do that, right? Why did I do that? I knew that my weight was going to weigh more because I physically could feel in my body that I have more food in my system this morning than I typically do in the morning. Was I hoping that I would still weigh 208 so I could congratulate myself that, oh well, even though things didn't go exactly as I would have liked yesterday, that I'm still on track? Or was I hoping to like punish myself by saying, see, look, now you've gained weight in order to have an excuse to go back to calorie counting so that I could bring my weight down? Because honestly, Brave Companions, even though I am embracing intuitive eating and I still believe firmly in my heart of hearts that intuitive eating is the place that I should be, the habits of dieting and then eating more are so entrenched in me that it's almost intolerable that it's been all of these weeks and months and I haven't been on a diet. I really haven't been counting calories for at least two months, maybe two and a half months. Really, I kind of stopped after my birthday. The birthday when I saw that I could go to Las Vegas on Crystal's advice. Hey, Crystal, thanks for that, gal. And just kind of eat as I would like in moderation and pay attention to the people and to really eat just what I really wanted to eat and to enjoy it. And I came back from Las Vegas without gaining weight that was back in March my birthday's in March so it's been a few months since I've actively been on a diet those of you that are keeping score might have noticed it's also been a few months since I've gone down below 207 ever since I stopped dieting which for me meant keeping my calorie range between about 1500 and 1600 calories since I stopped counting my calories and just started to listen to my body and try to eat when I feel that I need physical energy, I've stuck like glue around 207 to 208. So on the one hand, I have to say this is the longest time that I have ever maintained any weight as an adult without extreme trying. Even when I maintained my Weight Watchers weight, it wasn't really maintaining day to day. It was more like, oh, I gained 10 pounds, let me diet back down to my goal weight because you get weighed once a month when you're at goal in Weight Watchers. So you've got some time to get back down within two pounds of your goal weight. And for me, that was kind of how it happened, is I would eat a little bit more normally, and up I would go, and then exercise, exercise, exercise like a demon, and cut my calories to get down so I could hop on that monthly weigh-in and get back down. Until finally it kind of overcame me, and one month I couldn't get down to my goal weight and that was the month that I stopped going to Weight Watchers for the support. And so looking back on it, that probably wasn't the best plan. I thought, like many people think, oh no, I'm over the weight I want to be, so I'm going to lose that weight first and then go back for support. And how many of you have done that too? I know it's even true with people who listen to this podcast that when you feel you're not doing really well, you don't want to listen to me talking about these things because it just kind of makes you feel, feel badly. I'm hoping that by coming clean with all my own screw-ups and my own troubles, 
that you won't feel quite so bad to listen to me because as you could tell, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm not skinny and I'm not sticking to a diet. I'm not even doing intuitive eating perfectly because there is no such thing. Anyhow, that's why I still struggle with the scale. The scale is so ingrained in me to see how I'm doing. I am doing better at not taking that number to heart but in chapter one of intuitive eating, if you get that book, chapter one, it's like, get rid of your scale, give it away, put it somewhere you can't get to it, stop it, stop dieting, stop getting weighed. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's, that's nice for you, but I haven't embraced that yet. And I'm wondering, if I did let the scale go, how would that be? Would I go to the doctor in a few months and find out that I weigh almost 300 pounds again because I'm not being vigilant? Or would I go to the doctor in a few months and find out that I've lost 10 pounds because I have no choice but to eat according to my hunger since I can't determine how much I should eat by the number on the scale? I just don't know. And honestly, brave companions, I talk to you guys a lot about doing things when you're ready. And it's a mistake to do things when you're not ready. And I'm just not ready to give up my scale yet. But I am going to give it a try. Maybe I could cut down on my getting weight on the scale. Maybe on one day, say like on Tuesdays you don't get weighed and then do that for a while. And then say on Tuesday and Thursday you don't get weighed and, and try that for a while and see if maybe I can slowly give up my dependence on the scale because I do think that this is not something that I should be getting on every morning. I don't think that's good for me with what I'm trying to accomplish right now. And it's a habit that is just part of my DNA and it's going to take me some time to get over it. You know? So before we go on and talk about other things, I did want to give a quick shout out to Alan Standish of the former Quit Binge Eating podcast, now named New, now named Progress Not Perfection podcast, because, you know, he's just a really good guy. And he sent me a link so that I can get all of my iTunes reviews from one place no matter what country that you post them in, instead of me having to log into each iTunes country myself to look to see if any of you have left me a review, now I can go to this online service and they go look at all the countries. So if you're out there in the UK, in China, in Japan, in Germany, any place in the world, and you have an iTunes account, if you give me a review with words, it doesn't show me the ratings, it shows me the reviews with words, I will know that. So I will check that every week or so to see if there's anyone in the world who has been leaving me reviews on any iTunes, any place. And he did some other cool things for me. He added Compulsive Overeating Diary under his blogs we follow on his own website. And I also want to give a shout out to our own brave companion, Cheryl, who gave Alan's show a listen and posted her comments to him on his website. And here's some news for you. All podcasters love comments. Whether or not that they posted a pathetic episode like I did, if you listen to a podcast and you like it, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to that podcast and leave a review and go to that podcaster's website where they have their show notes and leave them a note because 
very, 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 very few podcasters make any money at all, let alone enough to support themselves. Everybody who's putting out a podcast is doing it for love, love of their audience, love of their listeners. It takes time. It takes money to do shows, and they're putting themselves out there. So not just for me, Lori, at Compulsive Overeating Diary, but for any podcast that you've listened to and really loved, if you haven't taken a moment to go to their website and post that you love it, I recommend that you do, you do that today. You know, do some good in the world. Give some sugar. Give some love. Let the people who do things for you, whether it's, you know, the singers on the street when you throw a dollar in the hat or whether it's leaving a review for an author's book that you like on Amazon that helps them, you know, sell more books. But it also just makes them feel good. Everybody who's doing artistic work, you know, we're all of us a little bit insecure and everybody needs to feel appreciated. So I feel appreciated because you brave companions have done a wonderful job leaving comments for me. And I want you to know that that whole process of you guys actually emailing me and leaving comments on the website and talking to each other and liking my stuff on Facebook, all of that has made such a difference to help me deal with that low self-esteem and that feeling that nobody in the world ever cares what I'm talking about. Yes, it's not good to be totally externally motivated, but I needed that as training wheels. I needed to know someone besides my family who's supposed to love me anyway. I needed to know that there was some people in the world, or even one, <laughs> there had to be somebody, who thought that I was good as I was. And you guys did that. You come to CompulsiveOverreadingDiary.com and you leave me your comments, you email me, you tell me all the time that what I'm doing is good and helping you. And that has changed my life in such profound ways because I now have the idea that I can try. I, I can try to go for opportunities, whether it's money opportunities or not. I can maybe go say hello to a person I might like to be friends with and not be terrified that they're going to reject me. Or if they do reject me, at least think, c'est la vie. They rejected me. So what? There's some people in the world who think I'm a cool person and will like me, so there's no reason for me not to try my very best just to see what happens and to expect some positives. All my life I've been a negative person. I expect the bad things. The bad things stick to me like glue and the good bounce off like rubber. And that's not true anymore. Now if someone tells me I like your show, I believe it. If someone tells me you look nice today, I believe it. Many of you say that you like my voice, which I find hysterical because I am so self-conscious of my voice. Especially since my bike accident, I hear all of my lisping and the S sounds and the things that aren't in my mind as good as my quote-unquote old voice was. But Crystal listened to me in the car moving cross-country and said she liked my voice. So, Crystal, if you could tolerate listening to me speak all the way across country, I have to believe that. So do I think everyone in the world will love my voice? No, I'm sure it irritates some people. 
but enough of you do that I am confident that I could go try to do something with my voice and not be ashamed of trying. And I think that's the point. None of us should be ever ashamed of trying. And speaking of trying and commenting on websites, I want to give a great big welcome to our newest Brave companion, Helen, who posted on day six. Hi, Lori. I'm so pleased I have found your podcast through searching on iTunes like Tove did, and I have also listened to several podcasts in a row. Today I went out for my usual jog and listened to your podcast while jogging. Time went so much quicker and I could relate so much. I have followed Couch to 5K podcasts a few years back and lost weight. I learned to eat smaller portions as well. Then what do I go and do? You guessed it. I learned to compulsively eat and have nearly put on all the weight that I lost, even though I still jog, etc. Now I'm in the, mind, in the mental mind battles each day. You can have lots of good days, but likewise you can have lots of bad. There have been so many podcasts out there which I have downloaded and, have they, and they have been rubbish and have no help at all. Nothing like this. Please keep up the good work. We are, we are all listening and you are helping us all. Many thanks. Well, Helen, I am just floored. I am so pleased and happy that you joined us on day six. And Brave Companions, would you please take a time to go and say hello to Helen on day six? I would appreciate that. And, you know, I'm really sorry that, that you downloaded some podcasts that you felt weren't a good fit for you. You know, I, I know that can be disappointing. Now, the thing about this podcast is I think it gives you emotional support, but I really not a program to help you lose weight or even to help you overcome compulsive eating per se. What I do is I just tell you what I'm going through and hopefully I can model for you somebody who's really in the process of trying to deal with their robot alien binges and trying to overcome some of the psychological problems that led to overeating and some of the things I do might resonate with you and you think, well, maybe I'll try that. And some of the stuff I do, you might say, I'm just not ready for that. Does it sound good for me? You know, one of my big fears, which I said before, is that people would take what I have to say as some kind of, you know, set of rules or framework of, of what to do. And I'm not really that, but I do know Having a friend to go with you on your journey, a companion, can go a long way to helping you decide what you need to do in order to accomplish your goals in life, particularly with something so secretive as overeating. Because a lot of us brave companions really isolate and keep our true selves from others because we're so ashamed. So I'm hoping that by coming out of my own shame and my own darkness and kind of saying whatever I say, even when it doesn't make sense, that'll help you feel better about being true to people that are close to you. And, and even if it's only to us, the brave companions, it'll make you know that you're okay, you're not alone, and that every moment is a new opportunity for us to move our lives forward in a good way. So Helen, Thanks so much for stopping by on day six and giving us a shout out. 
Now, remember new brave companion Monica from Australia, who I asked you to welcome last show? Well, guess what? She's on my bravery report for sure, because she surprised us all by posting first on day 57. This is what Monica said. Hi, everyone. Since Lori was so kind welcoming me and encouraging everyone to say hi to me, I just thought I'd drop you all a line and say hi to you. I hope I'm posting this in the right place, and it gets to you, my fellow brave companions. I've only just discovered Lori's great podcast, and I'm enjoying starting from podcast one, even though I just skipped ahead to 57 to say hello. Looking forward to hearing all your stories and sharing mine with time. Monica. Well done, Monica. Like I said, you're on the bravery report. I think you may very well be the first new brave companion who posted ahead on the day that I recorded their show and said hello to us first. Now, if I'm making a mistake, and that's not true, I apologize to whoever, whoever it was that did that first, but as, well, as much as my Swiss cheese brain can remember right now here in the park under the tree, I believe you, Monica, were the very first one to do that. Now, I also want to give shout-outs to Michelle Mack and Sue, Cheryl, and Stephanie from Quebec for posting warm welcomes to Monica from Australia. So, Monica, if you haven't been back to Day 57, be sure and go there to the show notes page at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, Day 57, to check out your welcomes from these other brave companions. Now, I put Monica from Australia on the bravery report for skipping ahead and trusting us and saying hello on day 57. But Crystal, oh my goodness, Crystal is on the bravery report for so many reasons that I can't even list them all. But I kind of want to give you guys a capsule story of how I deal with brave companions on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. Now, as you know, around episode four and five, I was still feeling pathetic and saying, nobody loves me, and how come nobody's posting that they're listening? Well, Crystal was one of the very first people who posted to say that she was listening and to support me, and she also sent me emails behind the scenes, and we had a little bit of a communication going on. Some of the stuff I put on the, the show and some of the stuff I didn't put on the show. But let's just say up to my birthday time, Crystal was a very active participant in Compulsive Overeating Diary. Now, a lot of people do that. They come for a while and then they disappear. And I've talked about that as well. And Crystal kind of stopped participating. And she was one that I really wondered about. So I would reach out to her from time to time via email, like, how are you thinking of you? And she would write me back and kind of let me know. But her participation really trickled down so that I got the feeling that whatever she was going through was what she was going through. And I didn't really feel comfortable to intrude on her just because she had been such an important part of my life and such an important part of my show. Really, Crystal, without you and the very early Brave Companions, the people who stepped up and actually said, I'm here, I'm listening. I doubt that Compulsive Overeating Diary would have lasted past episode 10 because it would have been too painful to be spilling my guts and feeling that nobody cared at all. That would have been too awful. 
Now, Cheryl, I'm not discounting you. Cheryl really was a big support. But Cheryl and I have been online friends for many, 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 many years. So that was for sure the reason you even got episode two, <laughs> okay? But it was the first trickle of brave companions who came and posted, yes, we're here, yes, we're listening. Ava, I remember, you were one of them, and also people who came onto Facebook early on and just posted me a little private message or would send me emails. You guys at the start of the show made such a difference. I mean, every one of you still make a difference, but I honestly just could not believe that strangers were listening to me and feeling that this was helpful. And Crystal was one of the very, very active people, and so she was very important to me. And it made me very sad when Crystal became one of the brave companions who, for their own health and what they felt was right for them, needed to kind of disengage from the podcast. And like I said, every month or so, I would send her a note and just let her know I was thinking of her. And, and I believe, Crystal, I, I can't remember if you answered me every time, but I think you at least gave me a little update now and again that she never came back to the show and really participated. And I kind of thought, oh, well, that's what's best for her. And there have been brave companions who have disappeared and have never written me back. Some will write me back now and again. But I would say at least half the people who I send an email to to follow up and just say I'm thinking of you, they don't write back. So they are in a place where for them it's just not, the show is just not part of their life or they're not able to reach back out to me or for whatever reason, right? If someone wants to talk to me, I'm always happy to hear it. If they feel like they don't want to communicate with me, I'm not someone who's going to continually push and run after you. Though I will admit, I will probably send an email once a month, every couple of months, just to say, hi, I'm thinking of you, to open that door in case there's a brave companion who would like to come back and interact with us, but is feeling, oh, I've been gone too long, that kind of thing. But anyway, I knew that Crystal was looking to move across the country here in the United States to a different state. And I knew that. And so I wrote her a note just to see how things were going. And I was really delighted to get this letter back from Crystal. Hi, Lori from Colorado. Well, we made the move on Sunday. My husband and I drove our separate cars, so I connected my phone to the car speakers and caught up on most of your podcasts during the eight-hour drive. You do have a very relaxing voice. It made the drive more tolerable, and the hours flew by. Thank you for that. So we are here. Most of the stressful obstacles of moving are over. Jobs, home. I had a revelation while listening to your podcast during the drive. I hadn't had the control that I prefer over the whole moving process, nor my usual routine of life with everything happening. But notice that I made up for all of that by starting to really control my diet and exercise. It transitioned from having complete control over my life situation and binging out like a madman to having no control over life situations and now controlling everything that goes into my body. I've dropped 10 pounds in the last couple of weeks and I'm getting to the point where I notice that I might be getting too skinny, but can't quite give up the only control I have at this point in time with all the other chaos. There has been no binging in over a month, keeping a clean, 
diet and strict meal times, integrating exercise but not overdoing it, I feel that I'm at a healthy spot mentally and physically that it could quickly slip in either direction, binging or overdoing dieting, clean eating exercise at any time. It will be interesting to see in a couple of months when things have finally settled down on what compulsive side of me will break out. Spending is another culprit. With a new home, you need all new things, right? I've seen that side of me go completely out of control as well. This is such an exciting time for me and my husband. I'm just trying to live day by day and keep my mind busy and myself out of my own head. I will be starting my bridge program to finally get my bachelor's degree in nursing and I started a blog to record my husband and my adventures with moving and getting settled into our new state. I love to hear how big your podcast has gotten. You are so awesome and such an amazing and caring person. You are the brave companion to have stepped up and shared this literally with the world. It is such a personal battle that many could not have the courage to even talk about with their closest friends and family. I love when you you express your feelings on your bad days. It assures me that feelings are just feelings, but they need to be expressed no matter what. It can literally kill you to not. I tell myself, if Lori can tell the world that she is having a bad day, then I can tell my husband that something is wrong and I'm not fine. You are such an inspiration to me. Thank you for all you do and know that you are making a difference. I'm listening. Love, Crystal. Well, brave companions, that was a pretty cool update, don't you think? I'm so pleased for Crystal that she and her husband got their home in Colorado and that they're starting a life exactly where they want to be. So, this is what I wrote back to her. Hi, Crystal. I'm so happy for you. I checked out your blog and will be keeping an eye on your new adventures. How thrilling! I'm glad the podcast made your car journey more fun, and it sounds like you're feeling more positive. I'm so glad. Before I go, I wanted to know if you were comfortable with me reading any portion of your letter on the show, as people still ask me about you. Let me know, and as always, I'll respect your boundaries. Take care, and please keep in touch. It would also be grand if you could come post a comment on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com, as the Brave Companions would love to hear from you again. Lori. Okay, Brave Companions. Now, as I said, Crystal hasn't been really visibly active on Compulsive Overeating Diary for a while. And so I thought I could at least tell you guys about her move or that she got her dream home in Colorado or that she's doing well. Give you bits and pieces of her, of her letter. And this is what Crystal says. Part of what puts her on the bravery report is this. I am always okay with you sharing anything I post to you. I will be heading over to CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com to say hey. And then, Brave Companions, Crystal went to the Who Are the Brave Companions page, and she posted everything, everything she's been feeling, thinking. She came clean about everything. And it was such a brave and courageous act for her to post her story on the Who Are the Brave Companions stage, on the Who Are the Brave Companions page. I'm going to put the link on today's show notes and I recommend that you go there and read what she has to say. Now, I don't expect every one of you to post as much personal detail about emotions as Crystal has done. But I think she's a model of bravery and what it looks like when someone decides to step out of the shadows and say, this is who I am, this is where I'm going, this is what I hope to be, 
and does this to help support other Brave Companions by saying, I'm here. So, Brave Companions, I hope that you will go read Crystal's story. And Crystal, bravo, 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 bravo. What an act of bravery for all that you've done. And thank you so much for giving me your permission to share your story here on this show today. Before I move on to my little mini topic of how I'm doing with intuitive eating, seeing that I'm still suffering from insomnia, I kind of wanted to go back in the Wayback Machine just a tiny little bit to bonus episode 57 where I was musing to you guys about the psychological pieces of what's under my fear of asking for money or charging money or being assertive about money and assertive in general. And Michelle Matt posted me a pretty cool comment that talks about money, worth, and eating struggles that I thought would be cool for you guys to hear. And then I also picked a comment to read back to you. So here's Michelle McKinney on day 57. Hi, Lori. I finally made it to the website. Yay! I'm all caught up with your podcast. Now I do want to go back through and listen again to a few of them. I have really been enjoying your thoughts on intuitive eating. I'm experimenting a little bit with it myself, but struggle at stopping at a six. I still have to fight the urge to continue on. I think there's a part of me that doesn't think this is going to last, allowing me to be more free with my food choices. So when I eat, a part of my brain says, eat as much as you can, because you never know when she's going to restrict us again. It helps if I tell myself that I can stop and leave the extra food there on the plate beside me, and if I still want it in 20 minutes, I can finish it. That is helping to stop the clean your plate, eat every last morsel habit. Somehow in my binge state, I crave the feeling of being too stuffed, that a meal doesn't feel complete unless I get that numbed out feeling. So I'm working on feeling comfortable stopping sooner. Anyway, it's a journey. I have the books you listed. Otherwise, I would get them through you. I thought it was fascinating when you talked about wanting to be a speaker on weight loss. I think you kind of are doing that now. Who knows where this journey will take you. Good night, XOXO. OPS, it was nice to hear my shout out on the podcast. It felt good to hear that. Thanks. Anyway, Michelle Mack, I thank you because you articulated in this comment that you put on day 57 a lot of what I'm going through. I mean, for me to be, say I'm full and done eating, kind of translates into I'm super stuffed full because when I was on a diet, eating the calories that I could eat, I never got that feeling of being full. I don't care how many green vegetables I ate or free foods or, you know, I never felt like the feeling of satisfaction in my stomach unless I was overeating. And so that's something I really struggle with as well. But, you know, the days when I do well on that, where I kind of stop eating at a six or a seven, or I try to stop eating at a six knowing that I'll probably hit seven in 20 minutes because I still eat a little too fast for my hormones to actually tell me, hey, you're done in time for me to stop eating. So I need to stop just a little bit before I think that I want to, just a little tiny bit. But if I hit a a seven or even an eight, I feel like I had a successful meal for me. And those days when I only eat up to like six, seven or eight, I feel so good 
Those are the days that my energy is right smack in the middle and I can walk and ride bikes and do errands and my brain feels real clear and I don't have this consciousness of my body feeling uncomfortable. And that is so weird, Brave Companions, because my body has been uncomfortable my entire life. Not just my physical size, but my whole digestive system, like how much is in my tummy, how much is in my gut. That weird empty feeling when you have your gut is absolutely full and your tummy is absolutely empty that you get after overeating. Here, let's, let's do a little experiment before I continue on reading my comments, okay? Put your hand on your belly button, okay? If your hand is on your belly button, what's above your hand right now is your tummy. That's the part that gets full while you're eating your meal. What's below your hand is your gut. And crystal nurses and medical people, sorry for my explanation, but that's your guts, right? Your intestines and the other part of you that is dealing with whatever you ate yesterday maybe. And when you overeat and binge, what happens is below your hand in the gut becomes so full you feel like you're a Tweedledee or Tweedledum type person, like there's a, a beach ball inside your tummy under your hand. And above your hand is crying and sore because it's so very hungry in the tummy. The tummy is feeling hungry but you don't want to eat anymore because you know that you ate 10,000 calories from the binge that you had. And so you kind of force the starving feelings to come, waiting for that beach ball to, to work its way out, or you try to feel like you can eat something finally. And by then you are so hungry that you will just attack everything, overeat again, and there you go. So what I've been doing, when I put my hand on my belly button, even if the gut part that's below my hand is feeling a little bit full, I will eat a small amount of food to try to make my part above my hand feel a little more comfortable so I feel a little more balanced. And actually I think eating a little bit helps move the stuff that's in the gut because the digestion process then begins. And so the very best is me eating to a six or seven and then stopping on the hunger scale. That keeps me absolutely fine-tuned and feeling fit and like my blood sugar is constant. And if I slip and overeat, I find it's better for my balance and my good feelings for me to go ahead and eat a little bit and then continue paying attention to how my body's feeling and doing the best I can. At least that's what I found so far. Now, I wanted to go on uh, uh, and talk about Sue. Sue from the UK also posted on day 57, which was about money as well as eating. Sue says, if you can get an affiliation to amazon.co.uk, I will go via your link whenever I buy stuff from them. Wow. I thought, well, there's a cool idea because I really didn't know what would happen to anybody else in the world. So I called Amazon and talked to them. And what I found out is all of the Amazon websites where people purchase things are all separate, kind of like all separate businesses. And so even though I was an affiliate with Amazon.com, which is the United States version of Amazon, that didn't mean I was affiliated with the UK version or the Canadian version or the German version or any other version of Amazon that might be out there in the world. But I also found out that there was no reason why I could not become affiliated with those versions of Amazon. 
So since Sue said that she would go to my website and click on the Amazon link anytime she wanted to buy something from Amazon, I thought, well, this is worth following up to see if I can. So I did become an affiliate with Amazon.co.uk and I applied to become an affiliate with Amazon.ca, which is the Canadian version. And I actually got accepted to be an affiliate in Germany, Amazon.de, but I haven't decided yet whether that would be a good thing or not. Because as it is, if I get cleared by Canada, I'll be putting three links to Amazon on my website. And so if you're in the US, you go to the one that says US, Amazon.com. If you go in the UK, you go to the one labeled UK and make sure that you're on Amazon.co.uk. And if you're in Canada, Amazon.ca. But if you go to Amazon, whichever one goes to you of those three that you shop, you can buy anything that you would normally buy in Amazon and that will make a session with my code in it. So anything that you actually purchase after following my link, I will get a commission on. Now I also found out I'm not allowed to put any kind of language like support the show by clicking on here. They have this legal language which is the only thing that you can say at all about having an Amazon affiliate link. So I put that language on the website. Now I've got to go through and take out any language I put that wasn't that way. But they said I could tell you on the podcast. So here's the long and short. If you are an Amazon shopper in America, the UK, or Canada, if you will come to CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and click an Amazon link, the one that is the store that you would use, and you go buy something, it won't cost you any more than it would have and I will get a commission. So you will indeed be helping support the show if you do your shopping at Amazon by coming through CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. So I hope this wasn't too much of a commercial, but explaining how things work. Anyway, to wrap up this week's money discussion, I wanted to tell you part of my comment to Cheryl that she made on day 57, because this really summarizes what I've learned about by talking about this topic out in the open and it's kind of more about the psychology of money on my part. Cheryl, as I've listened to the show and thought about it myself, my experience with Tuna Cat in particular was a lack of self-esteem. I felt that it became popular by accident because someone from Windows Magazine found the site early on and featured it. What I didn't give myself credit for was that Tuna Cat got the boost because it was a great site with a great purpose. The character did his job and got kids excited about being creative and talking about being creative. I was always proud of Tuna Cat, but somehow forgot that Tuna Cat was me. I have felt for so long that if people ever got to know the real me, they would be disappointed. Low self-worth, low expectations, low everything when it comes to giving myself credit or opportunity. I am still amazed every day that the Brave Companions spend some of their precious time listening to my ramblings here, let alone that they care about me or what I have to say. But you, my friend, and many other Brave Companions have proven to me that you do care. I can't dispute it even though my critical mind tries to. Time is the true coin of life. Time is what you can never get back. So I appreciate the success of TunaCat.com and Compulsive Overeating Diary by the time people gave and give to participate in these projects of mine. Now I still struggle with the idea of making money with what is fun for me, but what I do and did takes my time as well as the money from my family. 
without Mark's support and his making financial sacrifices and time sacrifices to allow me to do what I do, neither of my projects would have seen the light of day. So as I'm pondering on these things, I'm considering the whole package of benefit. If I can actually develop income from this and still meet the needs of myself and brave companions, then I will feel more balanced with the time and money I devote. But it is tricky because finding and meeting an audience need and making money is not my motivation. However, it will be interesting to see what I can come up with. At least for now, I'm not apologizing anymore for putting Amazon.com affiliate links up. That's a great start. I have to sit with these psychological, with these psychological changes just as much as I need to sit with eating and food changes through intuitive eating. It's all baby steps. I guess our whole life is a series of baby steps. Otherwise, we wouldn't grow or change. Hugs and thanks again for your support time and the good food for thought. So that wraps me up today with the money and the psychology and all of that kind of stuff. But as you can see, as we move on through the show and the journey where I'm spilling my guts about whatever's on my mind, many of these things are all tied together. The food, the fear of talking, the fear of what people think of us, the people-pleasing, the low self-esteem, the over-shopping, the over-exercising, the over-control on what we're eating. All of these seem to be threads on the loom that make our life, right? You've seen the fates making the tapestry that is our life. And all of these threads seem to be kind of tied together. I'm amazed that I'm talking about money and how I feel about charging for things on a show about compulsive overeating. But for me, it is tied together. The same lack of esteem that caused me to eat and listen to robot aliens, indeed invite robot aliens in to give me a binging time of numbness and forgetfulness, is the same self-esteem that makes me worry about actually having an affiliate link or trying to come up with a product that someone might buy for money. It's all the same. Notice, when I didn't care, last episode, when I didn't care at all, I could stand up for myself because in a way I was manipulating the situation. Instead of being assertive and saying, no, I don't want to do this job, I was trying to behave in a way to make the other person say, I don't want to give you the job or I'm not going to hire you anymore. See, I kept jacking up the money because I wasn't saying my truth, which is I don't want to do this. I was trying to make the other person take on that role and say, I don't want you to do this. And I mean, in a way it was cool. I got more money because instead of saying, no, I don't want you to do this. In those cases, the people said, yes, we do still want you to do this and we're willing to pay the money. Okay. But I've kind of been doing the same thing with Tunic Cat and with this one and other projects in my life where I lowball is I'm putting stuff out there in the world and instead of being assertive and making a business plan and figuring out what could I do that would be fair to me and still a benefit, an actual business plan, right? I just put stuff out there and hoping that some, I don't know, sugar venture capitalist is gonna say, wow, look at this Tunic Cat. Let me take this on and just give you money without you having to ask to prove that you're good. I was doing the best I could to manipulate the world and then I was disappointed when the world didn't come shower money on me without me having to do the work of a business plan or taking on the responsibility of building a business up. I think that is really the truth. Now, will Compulsive Overeating Diary 
in its total entire umbrella of everything I do remain purely a hobby that I choose to do because I like it so much and I do think it's helpful, it might. Might it become a vehicle that will help me launch other products that I might develop a business plan for or actually seek partnerships for? It might. But if the decision comes that I'm going to do everything that has to do with compulsive overeating diary for free, I'm going to make that decision in an assertive way and say, brave companions, I'm just going to do it for free because I choose to. And if I decide to do some products that I want to charge money for, I'm going to be assertive and say to you, <laughs> here my voice went up on assertive, I'm going to be assertive and say to you, brave companions, I'm developing this product for money because I choose to. Now, I'll still reiterate that this particular podcast, no matter what else I do, will always remain free. I will never charge for the podcast, if I can help it at all, <laughs> ever. Because I want all brave companions to have access to this podcast for as long as I do it. But I am willing at this point to move on and look at some options to see what I could do in the same vein as this podcast that may be in charge money. Oh my God, I said it out loud. I might try to charge money for something. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know how much. I don't even know if that will happen, but I'm willing to entertain the thought and that's really cool for me. Now this has been a very long episode because I haven't done a lot of podcasts this month. So I have a lot of space to fill up and a lot of things I put in my little book that I wanted to talk to you about. So I'm going to take a little break right now to drink some water. And before we wrap up the show, I did want to talk to you about how intuitive eating has been going when I suffer from insomnia. So stay tuned and I'll be right back. Okay, brave companions, hopefully that, that little sip of water will help my voice so I can wrap up the show. But I suffer from insomnia. I shared it early on that I had terrible bouts of insomnia and I'm still very, very prone to it. And I did a couple of things in the last week or so that were probably not very good for insomnia. One, I went to the book club and had caffeine coffee and I haven't had any caffeine on purpose for a really long time. Now even decaf has a little tiny bit of caffeine, but I haven't had any colas or caffeinated things for many, 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 many months. And this caffeine just zipped through me like white on rice. I mean, I was so zinged from this caffeine and I said to myself, I kind of like that feeling of zing. I think I'm gonna drink like one cup of caffeine coffee in the morning and see how that goes. Well, the first couple mornings it went pretty cool, but then it started to really impact my sleep. I mean, big time. And then I also started to toss and turn and worry about some stuff and let my mind churn about stuff. And also I'm at the age where I am very prone to hot flashes. Now, some of you lucky brave companions either are not women and don't have these hot flashes or you don't get them. I'm one of the unlucky women that has terrible hot flashes and cold flashes and wake up drenched in sweat and it's very uncomfortable at night. So add hot Southern California nights that are hot <laughs> and I'm hot and worry on my mind and caffeine and that led to three or four days of really not sleeping well at all. 
Now I'm doing a little bit better. I've cut out the caffeine again. I've got my cold presses handy. I've using my air conditioning in the bedroom, even though that costs us money to use air conditioning, and we try not to. I am using my personal air conditioning in the bedroom to try to keep it cool, and I'm getting a little better sleep. But what happened to my intuitive abilities to tell if I was hungry or not during these days when I had almost no sleep? And by almost no sleep, I mean like four hours or less or tossing and turning all night, feeling ravenous no matter what I ate. Now I'm sure some of you have also had sleepless nights in your past. And if you're trying to diet, it's almost impossible. At least for me, it was impossible to stick to my calories on the days I didn't sleep well because I was starving. And even intuitive eating, I was starving. And what's worse, is my body, you know, the one that was telling me, let's have some broccoli, let's have some meat, as well as enjoying these minute pieces of, of tart with a little bit of whipped cream. That one, the one that was giving me all kinds of signals, it was screaming, bring on the ice cream and the potato chips, get the junk food down us right now. And I don't mean like a psychological, oh, I feel upset, let me eat. I mean, my body was screaming, Give me potato chips and ice cream every bit as much as it was screaming the other days for protein after a workout or vegetables if it had been a while since I had vegetables. All I can figure is that my body interpreted the tiredness of not sleeping as being starvation and hungry and what my body knows has the most calories in it that could put calories in it quickly would be things like junk food because I was hungry for that junk food and that's what I gave it. I gave it some of that junk food. Not as much as I normally would give it on a robot alien binge, but junk food because I said, I'm gonna to listen to my body and if that body is screaming at me, effing give me the junk food, I'm gonna do it. Well, I did. Oh man, and I think my body was sort of happy that moment I guess it had enough calories, but oh my Lord, for two days straight now, I have felt so out of balance, so awful, so crummy, like someone put sugar in my gas tank in my car and sludge was all over. It was hard to walk. It was hard to think. I was fuzzy. I did not feel good at all. So in future, if I have this insomnia problem, I'm trying to think ahead of foods that will maybe be high calorie because my body wants this high calorie feeling to feel satisfied, but isn't such total crap as potato chips and ice cream in huge amounts. You know, maybe some cheese on crackers with a little jam or, you know, some strawberries with whipped cream or something. There's gotta be something better than to eat total junk food, whether my body's telling me that or not. Now, I don't want to go into the diet mentality, but I have decided, Brave Companions, I don't like how I feel when my body is overstuffed with junk. So maybe that's a good lesson. Whatever, I'm going to think on that as I wrap up. So until next time, Brave Companions, I hope you stop by CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and say hi to Helen and that you say hi to each other. And until we meet again, take care because I really, really care. I 
I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Bye.